You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. Love those guys. Love my co-host, Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on social media. He, of course, one of the owners over at FantasyPoints.com. I am unaware of any website that provides more information than they do. I mean, they got betting stuff, fantasy stuff, DFS stuff, the data suite. Uh, it's unbelievable. Make sure you go to fantasypoints.com. But when you do that, use the code 23FEAST so they know that I sent you or we sent you or whatever. I think you know I'm Ross Tucker. At Ross Tucker NFL is my social media. Today on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, we will have the civilian GOAT. Greg Cosell, highly recommend, by the way, you check out the last couple episodes, Tuesday Power Rankings. How about Wednesday, all the situations where these teams are going for two and why, like Vrabel, like Doug Peterson, Steve Fezzik was all over that, the probability expert, and also the Even Money Betting Podcast co-host on Wednesday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast as a reminder, you can always check out the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And I said this on one of the other shows. If you order a story for a loved one from myfrontpagestory.com within the next week, send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com. I will send you a signed press pass in the mail, which is pretty cool. What is cool about the Texans and the Titans, Joe? As we sit here recording this Wednesday morning. Um, Not a whole lot right now because I need to figure out what's going on with the C.J. Stroud situation. He's obviously in the concussion protocol. And if C.J. Stroud doesn't play, Davis Mills, who was Davis Mills throwing to? We know Tank Dell is out for the season. So Nico Collins is dealing with what appears to be an aggravation of the calf injury that he had earlier this season. So does Nico Collins go? All of a sudden, the Texans, which, you know, we're looking like, oh, geez, Tank Dell was a huge hit in the draft, and Nico Collins is breaking out, and they have Dalton Schultz, and this supporting cast that we thought at the beginning of the year was going to rival Carolinas for one of the worst in the league was really something that, all of a sudden you're looking at as one of the better young cores of pass catchers. They don't have those guys right now. So Dalton Schultz has been injured and missed a couple of games. Nico Collins is hurt. Tank Dell we know is out for the year, and we don't know who's throwing the football. So other than that, you know, we we have a whole clear picture of what's going on in this game. We are recording this on Wednesday. So you obviously have information that we don't when you're listening to this about Nico Collins. If Collins got in a limited practice or, or C.J. Stroud gets in a limited practice on Wednesday, we probably feel better against the Texans going against this Titan defense, which has been a pass funnel kind of defense this year. If not, you have to downgrade all of your Texans across the board. What about the Titans? They were, uh, they were kind of feisty there. 
at the end of that game against the Dolphins. Will Levis looking jacked, hitting guys. I mean, Hopkins, Henry, Levis. Yeah. What are you thinking, Joe? Well, I think Hopkins and Henry are must starts at this point. Um, you know, Henry, he only averaged two yards a carry, but he got in the box twice, which is certainly going to help matters. And and Henry, that was a game where you're probably not playing him a ton uh, in DFS at least because you expected them to get blown out. They won as basically two touchdown underdogs. You know, Will Levis, look, 327, he ran for 15 yards. I'm actually a little disappointed he's not running a little bit more for fantasy, but he's kind of viable if you need somebody who's going to go out there and run around and, you know, you have to take into account that he might turn the ball over a couple of times, but I've been pretty impressed with Will Levis. Ty J Spears, though, six catches for 89 yards out of that backfield. He also added 29 yards as a runner. You know, he had 17 fantasy points. He is the kind of guy who, in a negative game script, you start to say, hey, look, man, I can put this guy in in my lineup, and he can he can produce for me. The problem, of course, is we don't know what's going on with these Texan skill players. So the Titans are currently favored, which indicates a positive and good game script for Derrick Henry in this game. Joe, let's talk Chiefs at the Patriots. Um. Look, I I think you can explain a lot of it away with, with, with the receivers and all that stuff. Patrick Mahomes has to be better than Matt Ross. Like, I mean, come on. Like, to please, please, like, show a little bit of self-awareness. Like, like, Patrick Mahomes hasn't gotten a friendly whistle at points in his career in some of the biggest games that he's played in. Like, come on. Get over yourself, buddy. And I understand he came out, he apologized and all that stuff. But what it is is a frustration – with Patrick Mahomes, it's not so easy to be the magician that he is when he doesn't have a when he doesn't have his trusty assistance that he can saw in half at a whim. You know, T- Travis Kelsey looks human this year. Rasheed Rice is a great player, but he's a rookie and he's just got nothing on the outside. And then without Isaiah Pacheco, they didn't have a running game against Buffalo. So Mahomes was basically doing it all himself. So I understand why he was frustrated. Let's keep an eye on Isaiah Pacheco's status. They didn't put him on IR. If Pacheco can't go, this is probably a better spot with the Chiefs as heavy favorites against New England, nine and a half on the road for Clyde Edwards-Alaire than it is for Jarek McKinnon. The problem for me is I just don't think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is very good, and I actually think Jarek McKinnon is pretty good. McKinnon got the touchdown last week, um, and he and he topped 12 fantasy points in a PPR, which you were probably pretty happy with if you started him. But for right now, I mean, for the most part, if Pacheco doesn't play, the Chiefs have three must-start guys, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Rice. And Mahomes, you know, I, I think almost certainly you're in a spot where you have to start him. But there are fantasy quarterbacks out there who you're ranking above Patrick Mahomes right now. It's just given the state of the position, probably not likely that you have two of them on the same team. Anybody for the Patriots, Joe? Maybe there's, Hunter Henry? There's one. I, I'm, I'm not going back to Hunter Henry. I can't trust him. Um, if you want to, by all means, have fun. There's one guy on the New England Patriots. Ezekiel Elliott. 22 carries, 8 targets last week. 30 opportunities for Zeke against the Steelers. There is a legitimate league-winning potential for Ezekiel Elliott. I don't expect Ramondre Stevenson to pay, play again uh, this this year. I don't think he should with him with a high ankle sprain. <clears throat> he had every single carry out of the backfield for them last week. Every single one. You have to start Ezekiel Elliott. It might be 
it might look like Zach Moss. You know, Zach Moss, we talked on, on, on yesterday's podcast. He's been getting all the opportunities and hasn't been scoring. But again, in season-long fantasy football, if a guy is going to get 20 touches, you have to play that guy. Zeke Elliott is going to get 20 touches in this game. Let's talk Niners at the Cardinals, Joe. Okay, so I mean, the Niners are just as, as easy as it gets. They're a much more interesting team to talk about on the Ross Tucker football podcast and how amazing that Shanahan scheme is than they are on this podcast, quite frankly. Because on this podcast, I tell you the same thing every week. You start Debo, you start Ayuk, you start Kittle, you start McCaffrey. Oh, and by the way, all four of those guys came through this week. And Brock Purdy, now here is here is one of those quarterbacks who I was talking about who it's unlikely you have two quarterbacks on the same team that you'd consider starting one ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'd have a hard time sitting Brock Purdy for Patrick Mahomes right now. The efficiency, the weapons, the scheme. He's got everything Patrick Mahomes doesn't have in terms of players around him. And Kyle Shanahan is completely in his bag. I don't know, like with knowing what Brock Purdy's upside is, three sixty-eight and two touchdowns last week. Why I don't I don't know how many guys I can sit him for. Dak Prescott is a guy who I'd be starting over Brock Purdy every week. Probably Jalen Hurts, just because of the rushing upside. But we'll talk about the Eagles, their offense, and has been tough to watch at times in terms of scheme. I, I mean, I don't know how many guys I feel like 1,000% confident I'm starting over Brock Purdy. J Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen and Dak Prescott might be the only two quarterbacks in fantasy football I am 100% confident starting over Brock Purdy at this point. That's it. Joe, what about the Arizona Cardinals? Trey McBride, James Conner. Love Trey McBride. Um, and I can't wait to, to use him this week um, because I have a 14-team league, Ross, where – I've been making the wrong decision when I've had this opportunity between Dalton Kincaid and Kyle Pitts every single week. I don't have to worry about it this week because I'm just starting Trey McBride. Get him in there. Tight. Like, I mean, he is, it's like Kelsey and then McBride right now, maybe Kittle up there. That's it with, with how Trey McBride has been putting up numbers. Kyler is a low end quarterback one. Um, he just doesn't have a ton of weapons. Hollywood Brown has done nothing. He's been banged up too. Uh, and James Connor's a bell cow running back. So right now it's McBride and Connor for sure. And Kyler and Hollywood, maybe depending on your lineup. What about the commanders and the Rams Rams feel pretty narrow, Joe. They are, um, Kyron Williams. Listen to this. I mean, could there be a better week for Kyron Williams to be part of your fantasy team than this week? Kyron has been spectacular. He was already looking like an insane league winner with his volume. Since returning from injury, he's posted 22, 26, and 29 opportunities for 21.2 uh, expected fantasy points per game. That's first among running backs who've played all three games over that span. He's part of a Ram offense now that is going against a commander's defense that over the last five weeks has allowed a league-high 7.8 schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game over expectation to running backs as receivers alone. It is a massive spot for Kyron Williams this week as six and a half point favorites against the commanders. And then, you know, I think Puka Nakua 
Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, all also in play this week against the Commanders. This is a defense that can be picked on, and I love I love having my Rams in this matchup. What about Joe the uh, the Commanders on offense? So Sam Howell is one of the NFL's leading passers, and Terry McLaurin didn't catch a pass in their last game. It's really hard to like describe. Sam Howell. Now look, Sam Howell just threw for 127 against the Dolphins in their last game, so he didn't play very well. Um, I think the Rams have a much easier defense to play against than the Dolphins do at this stage. Um, but what's going on with Terry McLaurin? Like the guy doesn't have a hundred yard receiving game this year, with Sam Howell being in the mix to lead the NFL in passing yards. Seriously, it's driving me nuts because if if you were to tell me Terry McLaurin would stay healthy and Sam Howell would lead the NFL in passing. I would have taken Terry McLaurin in the second round of fantasy drafts. And it just hasn't happened in that regard. Curtis Samuel has really been the guy who's benefited from Sam Howell's pass-heavy tendency, and they might have to be pass-heavy this week. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, and Brian Robinson picked up a hamstring injury in their last game. So by the time you're listening to this, you know what Brian Robinson's practice status on Wednesday was. I don't at this point. But you would think it's potentially a big Antonio Gibson game with Brian Robinson dinged up and the commander's seven-point underdogs. Joe, you know we're sponsored by DraftKings. I do. I love DraftKings. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. New customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sports for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms of sportsbook.com. DraftKings.com slash basketball terms dude that's the fastest i've ever read in my life uh what what uh ross uh, that was your best busy bone impression i could have uh, i could have possibly imagined so good i'm uh, good on you ross i love it thank you uh for that, that was incredible as fast performance. As i could possibly do that all right let's talk how about them cowboys and the buffalo bills i'm excited for this uh, yeah one. this is a good one um dallas dallas is rolling right now um no resistance from that Philly defense in the first half, and then some bad turnovers by the Eagles, and the Cowboys really won comfortably. Meanwhile, Buffalo, all of a sudden, they beat Kansas City uh, on an extremely correct call. By the way, uh, I, I couldn't. I, of all the of all the uh, penalties that we have every week, Ross, and that we argue about, it's so funny that the most controversial one was probably the single most correct call I've seen all season. Um, but they, but Buffalo wins that game. And Miami then loses as two touchdown favorites on Monday Night Football, opening just that slight window for Buffalo, which was really on the outside looking in, and I believe still is on the outside looking in of a playoff spot. Now, all of a sudden, 
You've got the Cowboys at home. The Cowboys coming off an emotional game against Philadelphia, and now Buffalo gets them at home in some maybe some conditions. I'm excited for this game. Um, and the thing about the Cowboys here, you look at the fact that the Eagles' offense didn't score a touchdown in that game. But did the Eagles' offense not score a touchdown because of the Cowboys' defense? Or did the Eagles' offense not score a touchdown because they couldn't get out of their own way? Fumbles by Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. You have an uncharacteristic drop in the end zone by Devontae Smith in that game. The Cow- And the Cowboys allowed six yards per play. Against better competition this year, this Cowboys' defense has been, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's been gettable. And I think the Buffalo Bills should be able to move the ball and put numbers on the Dallas Cowboys in this game. And just one player I want to throw out is James Cook. The Bills' offense has changed in a key way under Joe Brady, and they're getting Cook more involved in the passing game. Over the last three weeks, Cook has 14 receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns. He is a total playmaker, and I can't believe it took the Bills this long to figure it out. But James Cook is a weekly starter right now. The question is, will will Stephon Diggs bounce back from some brutal matchups and, quite frankly, a tough game? In the past few matchups, he's played the Jets, he's been shadowed by Patrick Sertan, and he's been shadowed by Legereus Sneed, and he also had a bunch of awful drops against the Chiefs as well. Let's see if Stephon Diggs can bounce back in this week against Dallas. Looking forward to that game for sure. Um, By the way, Joe, just out of curiosity, who do you think wins that game? I think the Bills win. I think it's because of the spot that they're in. I think the Bills are going to win at home and, and, and angle themselves towards the postseason. For Dallas, by the way, Ross, look, we know what Dallas is at this point from a fantasy perspective. Um, it's kind of concerning that Rico Dowdle has been taking touches from, from Tony Pollard in, in the first half and on early downs. Uh, so that's that's been a concern. Tony Pollard, with Dallas Dallas's offense rolling – has just not been the fantasy asset we thought he was going to be. He did catch seven passes last week, which certainly helps. Joe, before we get to the Ravens and the Jags, two quick things. Number one, we are going into the fourth quarter of this podcast. And in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. Smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales by the way you need something to wash down your sales with joe so drink some labat blue lights as you're getting your fourth quarter sales in uh if you really want to take things to the next level drink some labat blue lights with your friends and live life to the power of we always enjoy responsibly beer labat usa buffalo new york um which is a good time to talk about Buffalo, New York, after we talked about the Bills and Not the Cowboys. It. Isn't it kind of funny, by the way? The Bills win one game, and now it's like talking about them going to the Super Bowl. 
Well, I think part of the reason is, and, and I mean, obviously you have to have a take these days, but I think part of the reason is you look at the state of the quarterback position and how many guys right now in their current form do you take over Josh Allen in a one-game scenario? And the answer might be zero right now, you know? So I think that's part of the reason why. What about Joe the Ravens? Yeah. Maybe the, We're maybe starting this to look is one at of... the Ravens without Mark Andrews at the Jaguars. Huge game, Sunday Night Football. We got another really good Sunday 425, Cowboys-Bills, Sunday 820, Ravens-Jags. The Monday night game we'll get to, but let's talk Ravens-Jags. Yeah, this might be one of those guys uh, uh, I, I would take no questions asked over Brock Purdy for fantasy. I forgot to mention him a little earlier, but that being Lamar Jackson – even though he's been a little bit up and down, but he's been kind of winning the Ravens games. I don't want to say by himself, but you know, the way he's mixing the ball around 10 targets to Zay flowers, 10 to Odell Beckham, seven to Isaiah likely. Oh, and he leads them in rushing as well. You know, Lamar's playing at an MVP level. And I think if, if he's going to vault himself into that conversation, a primetime game against the Jaguars is going to be an opportunity for him to do so a Jaguar team that uh, by the way, just got hooked by Joe Flacco for 311 passing yards. It's a big game for Lamar Jackson on Sunday night. I am seeing it. Um, and if you need him, I think Baltimore has done a very good job being judicious with their usage of Odell Beckham. And while he's not the Odell Beckham that looked like a Hall of Famer early in his career, he can still put a move on a guy in the open field, as you saw in that long touchdown reception he had against the Rams last week. I think he's a viable wide receiver three right now, is Odell Beckham. Unbelievable to say. Oh, and, and fortunately, if you blew your fab budget replacing Mark Andrews with Isaiah Likely, he has been everything you could have wanted. He is a tight end one. I expect that to continue this week. You think that's you think he's that good? I mean, I don't think he's Mark Andrews good, but I think he's that good for fantasy. Yes, um, I was a little worried they'd mix in Charlie Kohler. That has not been that has not been the case at all. Seemed like to me, by the way, there were several downs where Lamar is holding on to the ball like he didn't have his, his security blanket, blanket yeah. in uh, Andrews. What about the Jags offensively? Trevor Lawrence went from the Monday night looking like he could. We might never walk again to playing against the Browns on Sunday. Yeah, and he threw three picks. Um, didn't look himself, but he's going to be out there, you would think, on Sunday night football. And the Ravens are a defense you can attack on the perimeter. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup went for basically 200 yards between the two of them. I think Calvin Ridley is going to have an opportunity to have a strong game this week against the Baltimore Ravens if Trevor Lawrence is able to stay up. Um, the problem, The problem here for the the Jaguars is their run game has really struggled of late and after a huge first half for Kyron Williams against the Ravens last week he got kind of shut down in the second half I think if Travis Etienne's going to get it done this week it's going to have to be all right Joe Monday night it's the Eagles and the Seahawks what do we need to know well the Eagles just I, 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 first and foremost, I buy into the fact that they're probably both physically and mentally exhausted after this run of games they've been on. I think that's clearly a factor here, but the lack of creativity on either side of the ball is a huge concern for me. Um, it like their, their offensive philosophy is, Hey, Jalen, you've got AJ Brown and Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. Just go do something. And as you've seen with the 49ers, you can have great players and also scheme them into amazing situations. The Eagles haven't done any of that. And while those guys are putting up numbers, 
it feels just like if they don't hit a big play, they're not moving the ball, and then they put themselves in a position where a turnover can just cripple them. They need to get back to running the football more effectively. I'm not one of those, oh, just give the ball to DeAndre Swift 25 times, but they've got to get back to running it more effectively. And I wonder if that game against Minnesota where DeAndre Swift ran all over him in week two this year is going to serve as a blueprint against Seattle, a run defense that can be attacked. I expect a good game for DeAndre Swift this week. What about when Seattle has the ball? We'll see if Geno Smith plays. The Eagles' corners, especially Darius Slay, actually played well last week against Dallas. It's just that the Eagles' front four is not getting home. And that's their entire philosophy. Well, our front four. They're going to have to try to do something against the Seahawks uh, if if their front four doesn't get home this week. Because if Geno Smith does play, he could pick you apart if you don't pressure him. He is at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And I'm stuffed. We're finished. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.